The following Truth Barista podcast is a High Beam Ministry production. If I would tell you right now that you're actually being manipulated almost every single day, you would think that I'm dumb because there is no way a smart, intelligent person like you is manipulated without realizing that. I'm not here undermining anyone's intelligence, but that's the point of manipulation. The moment you realize you're manipulated, it's no longer a manipulation. The problem is that The foundation of media is based on manipulation and since we're living in this advanced world of technology and social media, we're all victims one way or another. Let me just explain. Whenever you watch the news or come across headlines when you're scrolling through your newsfeed, the news is always negative and dramatic as if we're living in the worst period of human history. In the last hundred years, humanity has progressed so much that Billions of people have been lifted out of poverty. Over half of the world's population has been living in extreme poverty 60 years ago, for example. And now that number is below 10%. Incredible, right? But that's not the impression you're given when you watch the news. The problem is that in the 19th century, people in advertising and journalism realized that if they framed their stories and appealed with fear, they could grab much more attention. Because the emotion of fear is so powerful that we find it difficult to control. So they started shifting our attention from the latest crime, financial crisis to the next scandal. Open any news website now and you will find that 90% of their headlines are targeted on your emotion of fear. Welcome to the Airzats Coffee Shop. This is Jay, your truth barista, and I'm serving up a steamy cup of God's truth for the average Joe. You can catch me and this podcast on my websites, truthbarista.com, all one word, truthbarista.com, and highbeamministry.com. That's H-I-G-H-B-E-A-M ministry.com, as in car high beam. We're shining the light of God's truth on the road ahead. Last week, Truth Barista, it was so good, and I, I think you need to start by, you ended the discussion last week about Dennis Prager, and I think that it has such insight into what we're talking about. What did you say about Dennis and his philosophy? Okay, Dennis's view of his philosophy of basically conservative worldview, conservative thinking versus liberal thinking, is that on the conservative view of mankind, we are basically corrupt inside, And this is what creates corrupt actions. And so what we have to do is to stop the corrupt actions, we have to deal with the corruption inside. That is the Judeo-Christian approach, where God says, this is how I want you to do things, do it this way, and things work out. Well, you and I both know that that's what works. (laughs) Because when we start doing things God's way, all of a sudden, gee, the world seems to be working better between us. Because there's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Okay? Now... On the liberal thinking side is people are genuinely are good inside, but it's the externals that make them act badly. So if we just control all of the externals so that it sets up a perfect system, then people will naturally exert good things. The bad stuff will go away and we'll have utopia on earth. But the fallacy and the weirdness of that is you're basically saying if, if we exercise absolute control over people, then we will have utopia. But the other side, the conservative side, says, no, if the individual controls themselves, then we will have utopia as people are now working side by side, self-controlled. 
And now you see the big battle between right and left today. Or right or wrong. Yeah, if you want to put it that way. And I do believe that. Now, this all falls into this teaching we started on Genesis 128 about subdue and rule, which means to bring under control and to manage things. And God's caveat was, you do it my way. But the minute Adam and Eve chose not to do it God's way, they still carried that mandate to subdue and rule. But now they do it selfishly and for self-interest. And I'm going to do it for me and me alone. And if it stomps all over you, I don't even care. And now the subdue and rule thing becomes conquer and dominate. I will conquer that which threatens me and then I will dominate it so it will never hurt me. I will eliminate all fear that would come into my life because that's what Adam was running on was fear. God said to Adam, you'll have to farm now by the sweat of your brow because the earth is not going to respond to you as it originally did under your command. Now you're going to have to fight for sustenance. So there's a fear that's in humanity that things won't go their way. Their world will not turn out the way they want it to be. So out of this fear and out of this self-interest, it has taken this desire to bring the world under control and manage it and forced it into it. I will conquer it. I will dominate it. And I will make sure that I have no fear in life. I will have no discomfort in life. I will triumph and be the king over my own world. Well, now, do systems like religion do the same thing? Because I'm wondering, when you talked about Dennis Prager and the whole idea of an internal change as opposed to an external change, it seems like sometimes religion does the same thing. It changes the external, hoping that the external will help the individual cope better. If a religious system simply addresses the outward aspect of a person, it's just simply that. It's just a religion. It is not something that that really is a faith and a spiritual thing that changes people on the inside. Now you'll say, well, there are religions out there that don't really bother with the externals. It works on the internals. Like, you know, you'll be at one with the universe and stuff. The problem is, is that doesn't change the human heart. There's only one faith out there. There's only one spiritual experience that truly changes the human heart. And that is ground zero for why humanity can't carry out the subdue and rule mandate God's way. And it's Christianity. It is the new covenant. It's a heart transplant. Now, before we get to that, because that's the key point I want to close with today and kind of wrap things up with, I want to show you how pervasive this is. You can name any area in society and the world today, and I can start giving you examples of how subdue and rule would work and how it's morphed into conquer and dominate. Okay, let's do that. Can I name a couple? Okay, start with one. What do you got? COVID. Okay, COVID, it would be a very good subdue and rule thing to look at all of the numbers honestly and to say, this is how this thing spreads, this is how it affects you, etc., etc. It would be wise to take precautions, like you would with the flu and a cold. You would stay away from people if you show symptoms. If you wanted to mask up, you could. I've seen people do that in the past. You would take your medicines, you would rest, you would get better and re-enter the world. You, In a sense, you're taking your world out of the world, isolating it until you're better, and then you come back out. However, you have people who are using COVID as an excuse to exercise political control over, so for example, a state. You would have a governor who is trying to, I would say, maybe influence an election or to try to exert a power and a two-week lockdown suddenly turns into a six-month executive power grab 
And now you have a battle within a legislature where one side is enabling the governor to exercise and continue to exercise that power while the other side is trying to stop him from doing it. Why? Because the numbers are not bearing up. You compare the the death rate to the recovery rate, and you're going, this is the death rate is not even as high as it would be with the flu or tuberculosis. So with COVID, the wise thing would be to subdue and rule oneself. But the problem is conquer and dominate has now made it a political issue and you're locking down an entire country. And if COVID doesn't kill you, the loss of your livelihood will. And by putting patients into long-term nursing homes where the death rate is much higher, you are now out of control, conquer and dominate, affecting other people's lives, even to the point of killing them. I, that, I know it's harsh. I know. But that's the way of looking. Mm-hmm. Let me give you some other ones here. Okay. We talked about the family issues. Right. Okay. There are power struggles between husbands and wives. Little did I know. But you have a husband and a wife who have a world of their own within the world called the family. And there are going to be clashes on how we're going to run this co-world that we live in. What about parents and children? Duh. You have parents who are united. Bobby, this is how you're going to live in this house. I ain't going to live in this house. You don't want to live without my rules? Get out. Gee, sounds almost like God and Adam and Eve in the garden, right? (laughs) That's very good. Okay, so you have children bucking their parents, right? It's really tough to raise good fruit today because the earth, children, don't always respond well. Okay, well, what about feminism? Remember, Eve was going to stretch out and try to attain that same level of cooperation and equality with Adam? Well, in feminism, not only do you have that drive to do so, you have some feminists who are saying, no, we're better than Adam, and we need to exercise control over men. Are women superior to men? A never-ending succession of books and news stories suggests they are. How many times have you heard that women are wiser, kinder, more efficient, just all-round better human beings? And so on the liberal wing, you'll have some people saying, well, we'll just pass these laws that help women not only attain equality, but we'll make it a little bit easier for them to get the edge over men, like some of the things that were instituted to get women into colleges and stuff and skewing tests, because if we just change the externals, then everything will be all right. But then some very qualified men can't get in because of quotas. So that is kind of a conquer and dominate approach there. So radical feminism puts women over men, not just beside them. God created a particular order. The gay movement seeks to conquer and dominate our culture, forcing us to submit to their worldview and approve of their lifestyles, even changing God's own definition of marriage and gender. If it was subdue and rule, you'd say, well, what I'm living here is not according to God's plan. Or rather than just keeping to myself and living as I want to myself, I'm going to force everything upon everybody else's world. That's a conquer and dominate attitude. Abortion. Hmm. Okay, a woman wants to subdue and rule her world, her earth, her Her body. body. Hmm. My body, my choice. Hate to tell you this, but the baby inside of you is its own little world. And what the woman is doing, sadly and tragically, is conquering and dominating another human being and destroying their world for the sake of her own. I just, I love that. I love what you just said. I mean, and you don't hear it framed that I don't way. know if I would use the word love there. You could say appreciate. Well, but the, the baby is its you know own little yeah. world. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard that put that way. That is its own world. And yeah, you're right. In an abortion, 
they are canceling and eliminating this threat to somebody's happiness. Cancel culture. And cancel culture is a metaphorical conquer and dominate. If I don't like what you say politically, if I don't like what you say philosophically, if I disagree with you, if it were subdue and rule, I'd just turn away and leave your world. I'd unfriend you on Facebook. That's fine. I can turn away. But to actively destroy you in your world, that's conquer and dominate. That's not subdue and rule. Here's another one. In business, if you have two businesses working against each other, if it were subdue and rule, we would call that competition, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Is competition good? Of course. Yeah. In our system, it's good. It breeds innovation. It breeds entrepreneurship. It's a great thing. But what happens if you have to use unfair business practices, corporate spying, monopolies, insider trading to get the upper hand? That's conquer and dominate. Here you go. In business, subdue and ruling fairly, you would pay your employees and you would well treat them. But if it's conquer and dominate attitude, you would exploit and mistreat your employees as if the company owned them. On the other side, unions. Unions were formed as a protection against the conquer and dominate attitudes of businesses. But even unions can go conquer and dominate, right? Conquer and dominate is their pushback. On a subdue and rule basis, they would have fair and honest negotiating for their employees. That's great. But conquer and dominate is using a union for mob rule with one person at the top of the union calling the shots to break the business owner's will and cause them to submit to the union lest the company be destroyed. There you go. See, the key word on that conquer and dominate thing is you will submit to my world when my world clashes with yours. It is submission and it is forced. And when you begin to look at the mobs that are going around today and the riots today and people shoving fingers in other people's faces going, say his name or say Black Lives Matter or bend the knee to Black Lives Matter, that is conquer and dominate, forcing people to submit to their rule. I'm just in awe. We don't think about these things in light of how you're framing it. Mm -hmm. And because you're framing it in this way, it's all of a sudden making a whole lot of sense in society. Tell you what, let's take a break for some coffee. When you come back, I'll give you some more in rapid fire how pervasive this is, and I'll give you the solution. Truth Barista, every week we talk about things that are so important, but we want our audience to know that, you know, there's a cost to this stuff. Your education, your time that you develop around a theme and you help people understand it at a deeper level. I mean, we really would like people to like us on Facebook. We'd like people to further our conversations through their social media. And we also want them to help support us. High Beam Ministry has a lot to offer all sorts of people. Just go to the website, highbeamministry.com, and we've got the podcast, but we also have resources like some Bible study notes we're producing on the book of Daniel and the Feasts of the Lord. We also have tremendous blog articles that we share and all sorts of additional resources for people. In fact, we have a page for news and great articles that are out there that people would find of interest, current events that relate to the Bible, fascinating topics of where we're at prophetic because I like that kind of stuff. So I put that up there. We have a lot of resources. Encourage everybody to go to highbeamministry.com. Truth Breeze, we're meeting a need because there is a lack of good Bible teaching 
and good themes that never get mentioned. And so we're mentioning them. We're diving into the Bible, and that's our source. It is the Bible, not our doctrine or our church doctrine or whatever. It's the Bible, and that's where you can really get a lot of help in your spiritual growth. And what we like to do is to take those Bible truths and apply them in real time with the struggles that we have as individuals, the struggles you may be facing. So we need your financial support to keep this ministry rolling. More than just the podcast, we need your support to keep the ministry rolling so we can do this full-time, produce this content for you that will strengthen you in your Christian walk and give you answers for the questions that come up day to day. So where do people go to get more information and how to give and how to find more articles and more podcasts? Go to High Beam Ministry, as in car high beams, highbeamministry.com. Look for the donate button on the webpage. If you want to contact us through email, it's highbeamministry at gmail.com. All one word, highbeamministry at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love your suggestions. We'd love your comments. We'd really, though, also love to have you support us. Truth Barista, I've just been just blown away by what you're describing to us today about subdue and rule. And you're going to give us some other examples. Right. Let's talk about government, right? If it's subdue and rule... We, that's basically a delegated assignment to our representatives to help organize our society. Right. That's what governing is. And that's dealing with legal, financial, international business, etc. But when politics and governments goes conquer and dominate, it's strive to obtain and keep power at any cost. Watch the presidential elections. It's all conquer and dominate. I will spread lies. I will take one sentence. Out of a million sentences you have uttered, I will twist it and use it to smear you. That's conquer and dominate. Why? It's a lie. It is dishonest. It is subversive. It is malicious. It is slanderous. All those things are sins. So that really identifies conquer and dominate attacks. It's basically sin. Every government, here's one, subdue and rule. Every government system on earth is simply of choice of how much government and in what form a person wants. If you really look at it as baseline, if led by the Holy Spirit and bathed in love, many of the governments we choose could work, whether it's a monarchy, a constitutional republic, a a pure democracy. And the problem is human nature. (laughs) So what happens is in a constitutional republic where you have conquer and dominate, you have representatives lording it over their people passing out favors, regulating to control businesses in order to get donations, lobbying, unfair taxes to punish and manipulate people, ultimately bringing one person to the top, say a Speaker of the House who blocks billions of dollars of help simply to promote their own career. In Marxism, Marxism is forcibly collecting people into a single group, firing them at a perceived oppressor in order to basically crush society to its lowest common denominator with a few at the top, ruling the whole thing. In sports, you like to watch sports. I do. Mm-hmm. Why do you like to watch two teams go at it? Well, because of the competition, and one will dominate and subdue the other in the contest and win. That's when subdue and rule is actually kind of fun. Sure. Okay, because you want to you wanna win. You want to be the top dog, and that's mm-hmm. perfectly okay in competition. What happens if one team chooses to cheat, steal, say pitching signs, uses performance-enhancing drugs. Deflates the football. Deflates the football. (laughs) Yeah, in essence, what you're doing is now that's conquer and dominate. I will do whatever I have to do, ethically, unethically, sinfully, in order to win. So competition is good. 
Conquer and Dominate is cheating. Conquer and Dominate, coaches versus team members, players versus players, undercutting other players, owners locking out teams, unions and owners going at it with each other. That's all Conquer and Dominate stuff. Here's a really perverted one. Okay, and no, it has nothing to do with sex. The environment. The environmental movement takes the environment and uses it to conquer and dominate people. But what's funny is it's actually the people pushing environmentalism, using environmentalism to conquer and dominate people, Mm. to give to them, take money from them, to basically control people. Especially the radical environmentalist movement is all about conquering and dominating people. And here's the big one. Religion. No. Yep. No. Oh, yeah. Now we're really going to step on toes here. (laughs) See, if subdue and rule is working in, say, Christianity the way it should, you would have men and women, people, simply by virtue of being people, using their respective gifts and talents and knowledge and wisdom to work side by side for the betterment of not just the kingdom of God, but the betterment of the world. But the problem is, when you start getting conquer and dominate into the mix... Now you have people who are building church hierarchies, demanding how people will live instead of directing them to God's word. Then they try to replace God as his official representative to be strictly obeyed. Battles between denominations and congregations, refusing to work together, or if they do, one person or one denomination tries to dominate and call the shots for the project. Instead of Oh, why do certain denominations and people try to change God's word? That's conquer and dominate. Instead of thy will be done, it becomes I'm changing it because my will be done. Here's a big one. Islam means submission. Mm. The nature of Islam is to conquer and dominate the world. Now, you talk to a modern Muslim, moderate, and they will say, no, that's not in our mind. That's true and that's good. It's under control, just like the problems in Christianity generally are under control. But what were the Crusades? Christianity on conquer and dominate steroids. What is radical Islam? Conquer and dominate on steroids. And the fact that it has as its nature submission, the whole battle cry for radical Islam is, you will submit, you will pay the tax, you will convert, or we will ultimately conquer and dominate you by killing you. Well, speak to the idea of ideology and religion. I mean, doctrine, things that we want to control people with. And if you don't agree with our theological treaties or our understanding, then you're a heretic or you're some other kind of pejorative If it were subdue and rule, we would have dialogues and work these things out. And if we disagreed, we would go our separate ways. Okay. Conquer and dominate says especially in things you see it in the discernment ministries. You either understand it specifically and strictly my way, or I will cancel you. Oh, yeah. Or I will attack you. That's conquer and dominate. So that's where you see that kind of thing. Okay, let's get to the heart of the matter. Okay. Okay, how do you fix this? Well, it all became a matter of the heart to begin with. It's Adam and Eve's heart turned away from God. As a result, so did their wills, so did their focus, and subdue and rule, while still maintaining, turned away and became conquer and dominate. You can't fix it from the outside. You can put all the religious rules you want on a person, but unless the heart wants to, it won't. You're always going to battle with that. So this is why the essence of what Jesus did was to create the new covenant. What is the new covenant? I will take out your heart of stone. I will give you a heart of flesh. 
So now that inner problem is solved. He says, and then I'm going to write my rules not on the outside. I'm going to write them on the inside. And I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. So in other words, under the new covenant, we not only have God's guidelines, we have the desire to follow God's guidelines, and we have the Holy Spirit to help us follow God's guidelines. To combat when our inner desire which is still being worked on, says, I'd like to lie in this situation. And the Holy Spirit says, uh, 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 you must tell the truth. And we submit now to God. Now we have subdued and ruled our world. The first place God wants us to subdue and rule is ourselves, our earth, our dirt body, our mind, will, and emotion. That's why Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Cultivate the ground of the mind with God's word, plant the seed, and good fruit will come out of your life. So is that another way of saying we need discipleship? Exactly. We need first a transformation, then we need discipleship, which means to teach and train people how to cooperate with God because that's the way it was in the beginning. And when we learn how to cooperate with God, we can cooperate with other people, and then we can subdue and rule our worlds in a way that doesn't become conquer and dominate, and destruction doesn't fly. Now, when we get into God's word, it says, submit to one another. Submission is something the world has a real hard time accepting, because it hates God, and it loves to conquer and dominate. It doesn't want to submit. The idea of submitting is a Greek military term meaning to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. So if we are submitting ourselves one to another, we're basically lining up under Jesus' leadership. And you'll notice that when you line up in the service, you went to boot camp, right, for something? Oh, I did, yes. I was in boot camp for a while. Kate, you ever notice that when you stand in ranks in front of your commander, there's really not one person that is standing above everybody else? You're all kind of on the same ground. Yes, we are. That's the idea. We're dirt bags. That's the idea. We are all dirt bodies, dirt boys and women that are all in God's army, and we submit to the commander. And he says, do this, do that, and it should be, yes, sir. Okay, submit to God. Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This is exactly what Adam and Eve should have done. Then they would subdue and rule instead of conquer and dominate. And Ephesians says we not just submit to God, it says we are to submit to one another. And really, that is the key to bringing this under control. You'll never get rid of this desire to control your world. Everybody has it. Kids arrange their toys in their rooms. People go out and tend their gardens. People like to maintain their cars. People like to organize events. And so this is all aspects of that. We won't get rid of it, but it needs to be returned to a godly function as opposed to a selfish, sinful function. Leadership. Leadership in the church. And I want to speak to some of the leaders that listen to us in the booth next door here. Matthew 20, 24 through 28. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. Well, what were they talking about? The two brothers are going, hey, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom and you're the Messiah and you're reigning for Jerusalem, can I be on your right hand and him on the left? Those are two positions of power. You got the king and the two vice regents are on either side. The one at the right hand is the one greater than the one at the left hand, but they're both in power. Okay. Well, the other ten said, oh, maneuvering for position, are we? See, and that's a conquer and dominate thing, maneuvering for position maneuvering for placement, maneuvering for influence, and for favors. That's all conquer and dominate. So Jesus called them to himself. Oh, you hate it when you're called into the principal's office. And he said, you know that, now listen to this, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. That's conquer and dominate. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to be great among you, be a servant. 
And whoever desires to be the first, let him be the slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You can still be first, but the antidote to a conquer and dominate attitude in a first place position is to be a servant in your heart. That's the antidote. It's humbling. It's submission. It's cooperation with other people. And then to drive the point home, the commander at Passover, the guest of honor, pulls Peter aside. Everybody looked at Peter like he's going to be, you know, when Jesus is gone, he's obviously going to pass the torch to Peter, right? Well, they didn't know Jesus was going to be gone. Peter's just the ruler of the group. The ruler of the disciples, the rabbi, bends down. He takes on the the dress of a servant and he washes Peter's feet. And Peter says, no, no, I need to be washing your feet. And Jesus says, yeah, you should. I am your Lord and master and rightly so. But if I do this for you, Peter, you need to do it to others. And to the rest of the disciples, he's going, and by the way, you do it to others. We lead up. We should never rule down. That's the key. Say that again. That's so good. We should always lead upwards. We should never rule downwards, leaders. That is the correct attitude that stops conquer and dominate. Too many churches are run by pastors or elders or deacons or department heads or anybody else in the congregation that somehow develops a conquer and dominate attitude of this is my turf. I'm in charge here. It's going to my way or it's the highway. I deserve the perks. You're here to serve me. No, that is sinful. It's conquer and dominate. It's always, I'm here to serve you. I may be in a position of responsibility, but it's a responsibility. It's not a perk. I am here to make sure that I am serving to the best of my ability for the benefit of the body. That's the right attitude. Where do power struggles come from? Family struggles, workplace, political, religious, church power struggles. It's because we refuse to work with one another. We refuse to submit to one another. You know, you and I work this coffee shop together. You and I have different views of how we should do this coffee shop. And yet you submit to my ideas. And sometimes, occasionally, (laughs) you come up with ideas and it's like, you know, that's a great idea. I don't think it's as good as my idea, but I've submitted to you. And guess what? It worked. Oh, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Worked out very well. Mm -hmm. So this is why I'm practicing this. I'm aware of when people are trying to manipulate me to get control. Where does Jesus say things come from your inward desires? It's not that which goes into you that defiles you. It's that which comes out of you that defiles you. Here's a classic case. Turn to James chapter 4, verse 1. You got it? I got it. I love those electronic Bibles. Okay, read chapter 4, starting with verse 1. I'll stop you. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source of your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and do not have, you commit murder, you are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel, you do not have because you do not ask. There you go. Now let me read it from my version. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Isn't this that your passions are at war within you? See, there's that inner thing that needs to be changed. If it's not changed, that's the source of the battles. Why? You desire and you don't have, so you murder. I mean, he's being kind of hyperbolic here, like good rabbis do. But he's going, you're willing to do the worst things in order to get what you want. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet. See, there's an internal thing. And you can't have it, so therefore you fight and quarrel. You don't have. Why? Because you don't ask. 
You're not asking people. You're not asking God. You ask and do not receive from God because you ask wrongly. Why? To spend it on your passions. It's, it's yeah. subdue and rule. There's yeah. a right way to do this and there's a wrong way to do this. And James is pointing it out. Let me summarize it. Can I? You sure can. Okay. First of all, people need to be aware of this control mandate that we all exercise this. Number two, we need to be aware of our sinful tendency to want to control people to our benefit. Number three, we understand how those two things work together. The control thing and the sinful tendency becomes conquer and dominate, which is control at any cost. Number four, we have to understand God has to change us on the inside so that he can reign over us first, and then we can be entrusted to reign over or work with others. I love this one. To those God trusts, great things can be entrusted to them. That's the principle. Mm. Okay, number five, learn God's word and live it because that is what guides the heart that's remade. And number six, it ain't automatic. We have to learn by practice how to subdue and rule our worlds without conquering and dominating other people. And the world becomes a much better place. Truth Barista, once again, <laughs> your insights, they're priceless. Thank you. <laughs> and I'll be selling them. No, <laughs> that would be conquer and dominating, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, until next time. All right, get to work. This is Jay, your Truth Barista. Thanks for listening to the Truth Barista podcast. The best way to find out when a new podcast drops is through RSS feed. Go to our website, look for the RSS button, press it, and then enter your email. You'll be notified when a new podcast drops. Thanks for listening.